Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Now entering Nerdist.com. Oh, I like it. It's fun. Oh my god. Very funny comedian, Mr. Todd Glass is here. Oh my god, that's my aunt. I need my credits. Listen up, people. Come closer to your headphones. Comedy Central presents Todd Glass. That sounds exciting. I get excited, and it's my show. From the beautiful La Cienega Strip, high atop Black Horse Motors, it's the Todd Glass Show. Oh my god, this is like a real show. I'm not fucking around. You got the fucking shit. I fucking put out. It's fucking right. I don't know. Well, it's my new style. Well, shut language. the fuck up. Graham Elba was here. This is the way we talk to each other. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hold on. First of all, stop. That's right. I'm back to that again. Just appreciate life. I did that hot washcloth thing the other night, even though I tell everyone to do it once in a while. If you haven't listened to me before, if you're a new listener, I say, even if you're just having a sandwich, sitting down having a sandwich, get a hot washcloth like at the Chinese restaurants, stop, put it on your face, and enjoy it. Unless you're driving. Don't do that. I granted was my zen my zen moment that I was serious about, (laughs) and you know I mean it. You know Daniel, me better than anybody in the world that I really want people. Some people they hear it, get a washcloth, do it. You know I want people to do it and go. He was fucking right. Like we thought, how much could it do? I did it the other night. It reminded myself. I was like, I was ready. Cook sat down. Everyone started to eat. No, hey, 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 stop. Hot washcloth. 
feels good. On your balls. <laughs> you make my pants wanna get up and dance. Alright, we got oh so much today. what do you do? Do you tease do you say like who's gonna be here today? Well yeah, yeah, you yeah. now. I'm excited. Today. Tom Wilson is here today and um Tom I've known since I was just turning sixteen years old in Philadelphia. He was the first comedian, one of the first. I saw three, and he was one of the first comedians I ever saw. And I don't was know that how... on the first night you went to see comedy? On the first night I went to see comedy in Philadelphia. And, I, and we'll talk about it more. I don't want to, you know, tell too much because I'm so excited to talk with him about it. And he was... I, I, he was so nice, always. And I, But I'm going to tell him... I want to... I'm gonna, we'll talk about that when he's here. I thought about saying it before he gets here, but I want to tell him that that... Uh, that ethic or whatever you call it. What is that called? When you, you have a, you return people's calls. You're very, he was always, he, we'll talk about it later. I don't need to stop. Here I go. I'm all over. This is the part I listen to. And I go, I was like, stop. I'm going to get a hot washcloth. All right. So we're going to get through some stuff. And Daniel, you were away in Vegas. We'll get to that. Oh yeah. How do you like that? Gets you excited. I know if I tell you, you're going to get to talk. You get a big smile on your face. Can I talk? <laughs> that's it. Is that enough? Come on, that's got to be fun. Your yeah, family. No, I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go. Oh, yeah. If your family <laughs> listens, they hear you right now. You're like, oh yeah. Listen. Listen. At, I'm at, talking. At three minutes and fifty-seven seconds, I have a 58, little. Fifty-eight. At fifty-eight. Fifty-nine. That's oh, me. I'm this saying. This is a trick where you get to keep uh, talking. I know what you're doing. <laughs> okay. So um, the emails. The military person, we're going to have you a jingle next week. I'm going to plug some dates. When I plug my dates, I make it fun. That way, people don't go, "Oh, it's plugs." You know, so get the you make my pants want to get up and dance. And I'm going to keep going to that. So anyway, I'll be at the real quick. Okay, I'll be at the comedy cabaret. No, first I'll be at the D.C. Improv, the 14th, 15th and 16th of October. Uh, the, The D.C. Improv, one of my favorite clubs, no bullshit in the little room. So it's selling out quick. That's where I know you from, uh, Sharif. Okay. You make my pants wanna get up and dance. Okay. Then 14th, 15th, and 16th in DC at the at the side at the small room at the improv. Then I'll be at the comedy cabaret. Well, I'm going so out of order here. Then I'll be at PJ Ryan's in Phoenixville on the 20th of October. You make my pants wanna get up and dance. And then I'll be at the comedy cabaret in Bucks County. Oh, the owner calls me every day. Calls me every day. Uh, hello, Todd. Make sure you say Bucks County, okay? Bucks County Cabaret. Uh, okay, uh, uh, I don't know if you're at, uh, if your answering machine is full, but... Uh, oh, he really seems animate about it. Yeah, but what, like your answering machine is full. I don't have an answering machine. It's voicemail. Fucking idiot. What if I got that mad at the stupid... That, that fucking piece of shit. Bucks County. Mm, Bucks County. And then I'll be at... Uh, so Where I got is all it? the Where is that, Bucks, Bucks, Bucks County? Bucks County. It's in uh, Doylestown. It's actually a really Where's cool Where's Doylestown? Area. You make my pants wanna get up and dance. Is that, is that in Pennsylvania? It's in Pennsylvania. I don't know. Why? It's okay. I don't People mind you People, People know. do want to know. You're yeah. good. You're like like an investigative reporter. Yeah, somebody could be in Bucks County, Michigan. Oh, uh, you are hot today. <laughs> this is our new report we have. <laughs> I guess all right. what, and then what Rory Scofield has what a else? new... Is that all you got? Oh, how dare you? Nice. Oh, that's my new style. After you insult me, I do Richard Simmons. I go, <gasps> how dare you? Oh, my God, Daniel. You're you're fresh today. Um, And then can we get a little background? Brea, like, are you going to be in Brea? Any of this? Do you want to plug your Brea? Oh, yeah, I'll be in Brea the last week of... 
October with Daniel Kino. I'll be in Brea. So just call, get the information from Brea. Okay, that's fun. Look how much fun we're having just on the plugs. Um, Do we have an artist? And I, um, what? What? I was going to say Rory. Oh, Rory. I bought his album today. Thank you. It's amazing. It is. (laughs) It's so funny. I'm so glad you said that. First of all, I would expect nothing less of Rory Scoville. But if you're a fan of comedy, but you go, you know, I've never heard of Rory Scoville. Scoville. I always say everybody's name wrong. What if at the end they find out Todd was doing that on purpose? That <laughs> fucking son of a bitch. Um, get Rory's uh, CD. Yeah, it's called Dilation. Yes, and it is. I listened to a little bit of it today, and it was really, really good. Yeah, it's hilarious. And um, is it funny? Lynn's over there. I'm going to tell you who Lynn is in a little bit. Um, he's the what the fuck? He's the guy that makes all those jingles, and he's here today. And I love jingles, and I love Lynn. And and then the sketches. Um, we're going to play them on the. Uh, next week. Or maybe I should play them now. No, play them next week. But you don't need to send in any more sketches. I, I want to say this. Here's what happened. There were some really funny ones. I've rehearsed saying this so much because I don't want to offend anybody. There were some really funny ones. It really made me laugh. They really were. And then there were some that the sound quality was bad. And I thought, I don't want to send them in because it's too much to go through them. And I'm not going to, if there's somebody new that's never sent one before, I'm not insulting anybody that's creative. So uh, I'm not going to play one because maybe the sound quality is bad and say something, you know. So we're just not going to take any more, uh, we're not going to take any more sketches. But we do have a few that we're going to play. A few that we got. I didn't know this. Oh, you didn't know that? Well, you were off last week. Okay, so then we have that. And then there's a new water ice place that opened up. I got a new free. New what? Shut up. I got a free water ice yesterday. Water ice? No, the truth is it's my manager, Alex Murray, his assistant, Peter, his somebody in his family. I got to go to this water ice place. It's 8717 Santa Monica Boulevard, and it's called Snowbar. I hope I'm saying it right. Is this a real thing? Yes, it's supposedly like this unbelievable water ice. Like you eat it and you're, it's like the hot washcloth. You're going to. Water ice. You're. um, Shaved ice. Shaved ice. Shaved ice. Water ice is a Philadelphia thing. Shaved ice. Shh. shh. Hide all my Philadelphia friends. You make my pants want to get up and dance. Okay, what do they shave the ice off of? Like what's, it's like flavored ice? No, it's, let me tell you something. If you're thinking of a snow cone where you get it from the park, no, it's, it's crunchy. You know, yeah. I used to, when I was a little kid, I used to go, oh, more, more juice. You know, the, the, the syrup they would pour in there? Yeah. I would want chemical. so much. I don't care. I don't care. It was good. I just wanted so much syrup. I was like, more. Could never get enough. Even when I went to Dairy Coon when I was little, I was like, keep pumping that fudge on there. What are you fucking, is it your fudge? Did well, you then, swear like that when you were? No, I didn't oh. swear like that. <laughs> Inside my head, I did. Fucking idiot. I want more fudge. So that's that. We got all that out of the way. We're going to read some emails. Um, I don't know. Well, maybe. I don't know what we're doing. So where were you? You were, okay, everyone's good. Everyone's happy. You got your earphones. I, I would imagine people listen with earphones. Most people. How many people do you think are listening with earphones versus maybe they got it over the stereo in their house? What do you think? This is good talk. I would say 90% of listeners are probably earphoning in it. What well, about in their car? Thank you. I would say that's ten percent of. Well, you're gonna you're gonna be surprised. I have the answers. In their house, I have the answers. What are the answers? I'm gonna tell you what they are as soon as we come back after this break. Let this one play out. We have a guy coming in that's going to do an actual version of "You Make My Pants Want to Get Up and Dance." Sharif, we're gonna and and um, he's gonna come in and. The next show and do uh, and do you a live version of "You Make My Pants Want to Get Up and Dance." I'm very excited. And by the way, if you if you if you don't know where that song's from, go YouTube uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. 
1982, Las Vegas Hilton, and it's just so much a sign of the time. It's just such a weird piece. He's like, he was like Elvis in his day, and now he's like probably 45 in the video, and he's, but anyway, and speaking of Las Vegas and Elvis and all those people, uh, you were in Vegas. How was it, Daniel? It was great. I realized yesterday that when I, when I left that I didn't leave the hotel the entire time I was there. I never do. I got there on Tuesday, and I never left the hotel. I would just go to my room, go to the show, go to my room. I realized something. I'm not doing my real voice right now. I've been having this affected. I never do. It's not the way I talk. I never do. That's the way I talk. Is he here? Oh. Lynn was in Vegas, and he didn't know you were there. And you were working with... And you were working with... I was working with Nick Griffin, who's uh, the great Nick Griffin, one of the funniest guys out there. And he's a very uh, private person, right? He's very quiet. Mm -hmm. And I was very excited to work with him because I, I like, you know, I've met him at clubs here and there, but we never really hang out. And we hang out for an entire week, and now I feel like I know him less than I did before. Oh, <laughs> but he couldn't be a nicer guy. He could be a nicer you, if guy. If you explain uh, it like that, people think, oh, is he not a nice guy? No, no he's no, a great he's guy. A great he's guy. just, you know what? Just would you rather this. that than the guy oh, who's yeah. over-calling you every day? No, no, I love it. We would, I mean, he's just, just a great guy. Remember Avi, the story about Avi Lieberman? What when time? he worked with Jimmy Dore? Yeah. And he goes, want to see a movie tomorrow? And Jimmy Dore goes, yes. I know you know the story, but I'm telling the listeners. Jimmy Dore goes, yes. And Avi goes, what time should I wake you? He goes, never. You never wake me up. You never wake me. Well, you don't wake me. Oh, yeah, you're going to wake me. You wake me. When we wake up naturally. When I call you. Yeah, we'll go see a movie. Plan. And if the movie's already over, we won't see a movie. All right. Avi. Here's, let me get my real voice. This, I think I'm, when I have the headphones on, hello, hello, hello. And I go, oh, and I have this voice. But what's my real voice like? Hold on. Hey, Lynn. You mean me? me. Hey. That's right. how I know you. That's how you. Like when I call you, is that what, you, what it sounds like? That's exactly what it sounds Maybe like. Maybe because my headphones are on, I'm aware. Hold on. Let me take my headphones off. So you were in Vegas when you had fun? Yeah. yeah it it sounds sound different that to sounds you. more natural, It actually. sounds nothing. You're not like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, that sounds... That's, oh, shut that's up. Come I, on. If I, like, if I <laughs> close my eyes, I, I see Todd Glass. Hey. Yeah. If you yeah. want to get a hot washcloth and wipe your... Everybody get a hot washcloth. Come on. <laughs> Get a hot watch What if you went through your whole life and then you, somebody played your tape of you and, and that's what it sounded like? And then I put my headphones on and then I'm aware of what I sound like and then I go back to this voice. All right, what I, I got? All right, all right, all right so everything's... I, so did anything else happen fun in Vegas? Anything worth talking about? If not, no big deal. Uh, I won a little bit of money. Oh, you did? You won $300 one night. One night. And then I thought, well, I'll gamble another 100 I said, you know. And then I won again. A thousand. A thousand. You know, it's funny when you win money, everyone thinks you're treating for dinner. No, I'm not. No, I could Fuck use a thousand dollars. Yeah, what do you think? I have this is just any money. Well, you know, that's what you do if you're loaded and you win and it's free money and you go, hey, I'm treating everyone to dinner. Yeah, you know what that means? If, if you win it, most people, you win a thousand dollars, that means you're one instead of fourteen thousand dollars in debt, you're thirteen thousand yeah, dollars yeah, in debt. Yeah, yeah. I don't have money. Oh, yeah, now that I have a thousand dollars, I want to buy you a fucking fifty dollar dinner or whatever it is. By the way, you know that what I realized about Vegas. Last time we were there, and you don't have to have a lot of money to do this. If you're going out to dinner with people, you know, fairly, you know, you know, not not loaded, but you know, have a little bit of money, you don't have to wait in line. If you have a, if you have seventy five fifty dollars, it's fifty fifty. If you have fifty bucks to hand the maitre d at a restaurant, fifty fifty, a hundred dollars, boom, you're seated yeah. within ten minutes. So you just add it to I, you add it to everybody's bill. Like if you're going out with like six or seven that's people, that's a good idea. When that happens, I just fork up the money. I go, I walk up to the maitre d', I try 50. If you have, it depends on the group you're with. If you know everyone, not, you give 100 or 50 or 100, and then uh, you go, okay, 10 minutes. 
And if you say fifty and they say no, and then you pull out a hundred dollar bill, mm-hmm. then they'll, you know. No, that's great. I I actually do that even not, when you, if you're not in Vegas, if you're at a regular bar and mm-hmm. there's a line to get in. No one ever thinks just twenty bucks will get you, and you don't. Have oh, to, to a regular bar, you're right. Like you no just... one thinks to offer him twenty dollars. You're going to spend that on drinks, you know, without even batting an eye. Twenty bucks, you don't have to wait in line. Any bar in Hollywood. You make my pants wanna get up and dance. You make my face wanna grin. Uh, no, I I used to do that when right after nine eleven. God, they were the good days. Um, no one traveled. It was so much fun. Um, everybody, right if right everybody if, got along. Yes. People talk to each other. I was happy when a few months passed, a little less talking to each other. Anyway, because some guy I was on the plane, some guy turned to me, goes, How you doing? I go, What are you scared, you pussy? You're trying to start up idle conversation? Um, so uh what I did on the plane was I would give uh you know, and there was those lines that were just gargantua. Here's $25. I always have two prices. 20, they might blink an eye at it. I don't know why. A few times I went up with 20. Oh man, something I don't know what it is with the 25. But 25 bucks, 20, 25 bucks to the to the luggage guy. You have to walk up, you have to be clever. You mm-hmm. have to go, "Hey man, if I took care of you, can you, you know, 25, can you?" He goes, you know, wait over there. Yeah. He'd walk over. We, I'd have to wait max to 30 seconds or a minute. Yeah, I've traveled with you. I've seen you do that. Yeah, you've seen <laughs> you do that. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's cool. And I never do it where you look bad. I never, I, no. I, I handle my, but, um, so, uh, but yeah, that, so there, I don't know what the point is. I want to Do you make, tip the maids in the hotel? Like if you stay I, in a hotel, what do you do? Well, it's none of your business. You make my pants wanna get up. That's a good point. That's a good point. No, in the hotel, that's a really good question. I didn't used to tip until three years ago. Oh. And I don't know if it's maybe even two years. I used to, I, you know, you go through the stages where I didn't tip at all, and then I learn you're supposed to, but then I still didn't tip. Now I do. Now, especially with the recession, now I do tip. I, I just uh, know that everyone's a little do? short of money. Well, I give you a dollar. Le- you just leave at, at the end of the stay. At the end of the stay, I do. I leave, a, they say a dollar a day. I hope that's right. So um, I give a dollar a day or, you know, sometimes I just if I'm there for two days, I throw down a five dollar bill. Yeah. You know. But um, do you? Yeah. Yeah. I started. I only learned that you're supposed to a couple of years ago myself. Who told you? Um, A friend of mine. Who? who what's his name? It's a woman. Oh, where's he live? Let me get her on the phone. Family friend. No, why, why would I doubt you on yeah. this story? Well, yeah. oh, let me make a quick call she, over here. She, Bing, bonk, bonk, bonk. she ran a service. You know how, like in Southern California, it, it's a lot of um, you know Latino mm-hmm. women and uh, who do like all that maintenance work. Mm-hmm. In Florida, there's a lot of Russians. She used to run. She's Russian. She used to run maid service. Anyway, is the story boring? No, no, no. I'm just getting something ready. So I she never said you tip. You say you're supposed to tip dollar. Well, it's boring now. If you don't tip dollar, they they curse you. Oh really? That's what she said. She's right. They man. wish you bad luck. You leave. They go. Oh, I hope he he sucks or something. <laughs> okay, guess who's here? Tom Wilson. <gasps> so what we're gonna do is let's get it. We're gonna play him in with some real music, and then I want to talk about toddlers and tiaras later. Oh, I saw mm. on the front of people gone too far. I don't know. Maybe dressing your daughter up like a whore, but I got a different out- outlook on it. I have I have more to say than I did before. Who wants to go open the door for Tom? So Tom Wilson's coming in. I wanted to give him a real live intro because I've known him forever. He deserves it. Okay, you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tom Wilson. Thank you. Thank you. First person to get a, a real live intro. We've never done it.
Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Wilson, one more round. Give him some echo. I like it already. Woman, you, you need me. I love it. Tell that me don't that was amazing. I love it. We you fucking smile. rock. I love <laughs> Tom you, you Wilson. Got, you got to put those on. Oh, yeah. So, I like to hear you. Coming in. Tom, I bought those headsets. I cleaned them for alcohol with you. All right, Tom, here's what we're going to do. I guess we don't... I, we're going to play you on. I, Tom, I was so excited that you came. We were going to take a break right now and then say hi, but you're fine to just go. I'm fine to go. Where? Okay, let's play them on. We made a pre-recorded intro for you. Uh, oh, and then no. uh, put your headphones <laughs> on. That's why I want you to hear it. Okay, you ready? Uh, yeah, through the headphones. Tom Wilson. <laughs> nice. Tom Wilson is here tonight on the Todd Glass Show. So get ready for the show. We're bringing Tom. Tom Wilson is here. We've got Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson is here. He's bowing. He's doing my kiss. Even though it's people just hear it, I That's like right. that you're We've got just doing high Tom kicks. Wilson on the show. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Tom Wilson is here. All right. So let's play it out. Yeah. Be patient. Take a deep breath. I can make it with Todd. Yeah. I'm gonna make it anywhere. Oh. Wait, there's more? Will Sun on the top glass show. All right. Listen, uh, this is going to sound really weird. You have to go? No. Could you just play that again? <laughs> you, I'll play it again. The whole thing. <laughs> yes. And we could just stare at each other. <laughs> That'd could be great. You, maybe. Just then after that, just do it one more time, like the third time, as everyone's just staring at each other. Go, is he going to ask for the fourth time? I would do it. Do you I, think he is? I don't know if I should do it now, the fourth time. I, would, I, I should say no the fourth time. And I you, would say five times. Hi, Tom. Daniel, Katila. Ah, nice. Uh, I forgot. Not a show. So anyway. Good nice to see you. Um, Tom? Y- yes. You got to let me give you a little back, give the, the listeners a, a little backstory. So I, I teased it a little. Start off a little sappy, if you don't mind. Sure. Is that okay? Are, do we need introductions to the guys coming into the room right now? Do no, no, no. They're fine. Or, okay. They're fine. Um, so um, I met Tom when I was, uh, it's going to be a little sappy, but I think it's important. I met Tom when I was 15. Maybe I don't need those either. No, no, I well, like them. 
I like, we're talking headsets or no headsets right now. So I met Tom when I was 16 years old. I went down to the first time I ever went to a comedy club in Philadelphia, and it was called the Comedy Works. And I went in. I had no idea what comedy would be or what it would be like. And I went in, and you were headlining, and me, me, we. Love Tom Wilson. All my friends in high school, we used to go watch it, and we would go week after week after week. And here's the part, and then we're going to go, that I always say sometimes when someone's complimenting you to your face, although it's nice to hear, it could be awkward. So just sit there, just take it. But you, like some people can act nice in sporadical moments, but... You have you were always a really decent person, and um, I'm sure that's part of who your fiber is. And also, I bet it's part of that you know that that's a good way to act. That if you maybe if you're in a mood, you go into a club and you or you were always nice. And you and after the show, we wanted to meet you. And then when you came out in here and you were doing Back to the Future, I called you and like you called me back that day. Every single time I called you, you called me back. So now when I meet new young comedians. Again, I'd like to think it's because who I am, but I always think Tom fucking Wilson called me back, no matter what. So um, I think that's good. And, you know, so so many times we complain about people, oh, they're jerks, they're not. But you have a great reputation for just being a decent guy. And, I, and I, I'm just telling you because um, I don't – I think people that are hearing it know why. You want someone to know that. Does that make sense? Anybody? It makes perfect sense, Todd, and I appreciate it very much. And um, what I say, I think – um, about that, because I, I always say something, which is I think uh, actors, comedians, uh, musicians, artists uh, have this cultural license to be a jerk. People just assume, well, he's a, I guess he's a performer guy, and a lot of them are kind of jerky because they're temperamental, because they've got so much going on in their in their spirit or whatever to share with people that they have to be rude to people. I think that's completely bogus, and what I do is just act like a human being, right. which is just to be nice to people I know, and, and just to, 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 you know, to meet people mm-hmm. and be nice, and when their family comes, you meet them because that's the nice thing to do, right? And when someone needs some help, if you can do it, you help them. Why? Because that's what you should do, because that's what normal people that, that, I, that I like and that I was raised to be, that's right. what they do. So I'm just doing the stuff that, you know, that my mom and dad did for their friends. They weren't in show business, but my dad and mom helped a lot of people. And I try to help a lot of people. And that's just, you know, and I don't mean it, uh, you know, I just mean, take me off the pedestal. I'm just being normal, like like yeah. millions of people out there who are just great people and who you and I and Daniel get, get to meet in comedy clubs mm-hmm. who come up after the show. Yeah, and I remember even when my first, my dad, you know how your, um, my dad died, but like he saw me at the comedy works. And like, it's sort of for me like legitimized it because he went in and there was like, and you were the headliner and it was like this, you know, packed, just this place that was packed and you left and there was a 300 people waiting to come to the next show. And my dad saw me open up for you and then like you were nice afterwards and you went over and that meant the world to me. Like it's sort of, I remember that like, oh, my dad saw me at that show. So he sort of saw me do well and you were nice to him. So, um, but but anyway, but so I've known you forever, and um, the, yeah, those days in Philadelphia, but those were amazing times mm-hmm. when you were trying to, you know, my my mom and dad too. They, I was, you know, I was uh, taking acting classes, doing plays or whatever. But I was doing this thing downtown seven nights a week. I was just taking the train, going downtown, and performing places. They didn't really know what it was. What are you doing? Well, I'm doing a show, and I'm singing, or I'm doing comedy at these various, you know, nights that disco 
over there okay. has Thursday night comedy and this play, you know, the restaurant that you got to go with three guys in a car into New Jersey to do. But uh, yeah, your mom and dad came. My mom and dad finally they come downtown, and yeah, it was at that time when just every show was sold out. It was just such an incredible electricity. How, how old were you at, the, at this point? I started. In 1979. So I started, I was performing and doing improv stuff when I was about 19. So we're Wait, talking about... can I ask you something just a little bit before that? I don't know if this is true or not. I read this on the internet. Were you in a debate team with David Brooks? Uh, yes, I was. David Brooks, uh, the, the New York Times columnist and the pundit on NewsHour, right. on PBS, was my debate partner in high school. Do you still yes. talk to him? Uh, occasionally. We email back and forth. I talk to him about his books and everything. He's he's a just a brilliant guy. Yeah, really smart and, guy. And uh, he's a really, really smart guy. And uh, yeah. and we're, we You were went to Arizona him. State. Eventually, yeah, uh, eventually. I remember but I was you a nerd, you know. That. I was I was a nerd. That's why I was on Chris's uh, Nerdist podcast, and I said, yeah, I, you know, I, I just grew late in high school. But in high school, I was on. I was president of the debate team. Uh, I played the. Tuba and you were like a straight A student, right? You I was were... not a straight A student. I was no. like a. I, I wasn't. I wasn't even an F student. Oh really? I was like an <laughs> incomplete student. I was just you know. But how'd you I, go to college? I mean, you, you graduate. Like, what? Did you- no, I, I no, I, I just, uh, I just, uh, I, t- I took, I got very, I got, let's say, pretty high scores in the SAT. I did well in the SAT. I did very well in the ACT in like English and composition and that kind of stuff. So that pretty much got me into college. But well, that that's a very long story that probably people don't want to hear. But I was very sick when I was young. I was a really sick kid. In the four years of high school, I was really absent for half the time. I was absent for about two years of high school in the hospital and all that stuff. So it wasn't, it wasn't being dumb or anything. It was, it was first of all being sick and missing a lot of stuff. But then because I, you know, yeah, I was an artistic kid and I was mm-hmm. in plays and I was doing music. So I was very easily cast off by teachers. I was very easily just like kind of thrown in the trash can. This guy, we don't know what he's about. We're not into his thing. He's just a problem. So out. I'm not paying attention to him. I came, I came back to a math class once. I think it was either ninth or 10th grade. The teacher literally, I, I got out of the hospital. The teacher said, I'm sick of teaching you. So here, he in front of the whole class, he takes, you know how the wooden chairs that they would have, mm-hmm. like dragging it across mm-hmm. a, a wood floor, and he drags it. So the chair just <laughs> across the whole floor. He slams it down next to a window. He takes a book, one of the one of the math workbooks. He throws it onto the desk. He goes, here, work yourself. I'm sick of teaching you. So, Why was he sick of teaching you? Uh, because I guess, you know, he felt he had to do extra work or meet me after school or oh, help oh. me with an assignment or whatever. And uh, so I was just kind of too much for him, I guess. So he just gave up. And being, of course, and being an artistic kid, what do you do? Did I do math homework in the in the workbook? No. I looked out the window. I know. Yeah. I remember but That was thinking- it. That was like, click. And I was done. I'm just done. Dude, you did me a huge favor because I know I'm not going to need to use this in life. And I know I'm not going to be a high school math teacher. So, um, okay, I'll just use the time to um, think up stuff. So you went when you went down to like those places in Philadelphia, probably somewhat like me, and you were doing uh, like stand uh, stand up comedy. You called it uh, right, yeah, stand up, yeah, yeah. yeah, right, right, right. It's not like we're you know we're hundred years old. Um, yeah, we uh, had yeah. A, <laughs> we didn't call it stand up no, then. We but- called it talking loudly <laughs> to your friends about things that you notice. Oh, they didn't call it stand up uh, back then. 
Look, trees. Observational quips. <laughs> trees are weird, huh? So, do you remember, like, I some of the acts that we would get to work with in Philadelphia? Can you rattle off, like, because I know some, like, and people are like, you know, back in the day, like, back in Philadelphia, they were coming in from New York and L.A., like, it was almost everybody, right? Like, Jerry Seinfeld everybody. and Jay Jerry Leno. Jerry Seinfeld, Larry Miller, uh, Bill Maher. Eddie Murphy. Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Paul Reiser. Eddie Murphy was there. Eddie Murphy came to Philadelphia after winning fourth place in the New York uh, stand-up comedy competition. So he wins fourth place. He comes to Philadelphia to perform with an entourage. Okay? <laughs> so we're all looking like... What? And, and he's about like 18? Yeah, he point? was 17 years wow. old, maybe eight, maybe 18. I remember seeing his check, but he was he there twice? Because the time I saw him there, he had been on SNL. Just been on SNL. Mm-hmm. That was just just the beginning. I think he maybe maybe had been cast in it when he came to Philadelphia or whatever. But he he came down and you know and he was a wonderful comedian, but the most unbelievably confident person I'd ever been around. I had you know a guy with with five guys around who you know people well you know he won fourth place. <laughs> what? Wait, what? what? I remember looking at his check. In the office of the Comedy Works, and I saw he made $500, and Tom, I was like, are you shitting me? Like, that was, my God, just can you, and me and my other comedian friends were like, can you imagine just like making $500 just to do that? Right. right. And who would Was that one night? Uh, no, that was for uh, four shows, I think. Oh, wow. Probably Friday and Saturday, yeah. Friday and Saturday, or two shows, or four. But now, what what year did you move out? Can I move? Can we? Move I remember. Forward? I'm not even done with him saying I'm a nice guy. Okay, let me so go a little more. We're three things. Oh, sorry, we got to back up. We got to back up eventually. But what would you like? to No, say I would like you? to know. So, when, what year do you decide? Okay, it's time. And like, what prompted that decision? Okay, it's time to go move to L.A. What year was that, and why did you make that? Okay, decision? I'm going to interject here real quick. Interject, okay. by the way, not is only another nice way of yeah, saying is interrupt. I when we used to go see Tom, like you know, for anybody that loves stand up now, I'm sure there's people, kids listening that just remember the first time they went. You fall in love with not only doing stand up comedy, but before I did stand up comedy, I fell in love with going to see it. It was yes. unbelievable. Todd, you are the you are the you are the biggest stand up comedy fan of just the art form, just what it is itself right. than I've ever known in my life. I wasn't. You know, I liked comedy. I went to see Steve Martin, or I went to see you know some stand-up uh-huh. comics, and it was fun. But you know, some of my earliest comedy memories because you were you were what sixteen? I must yeah. have been nineteen. 19 yeah, it wasn't 20. that big of an age gap, right. except then like, three right. years. Seemed you were like a it. high school kid mm-hmm. who came so often that they stopped charging you for a yeah. ticket and they gave you free cokes. They just like yeah, look, give the no kid ice. a soda, <laughs> give the kid a soda, and just let him sit there. So I'm performing over and over and over, right. and there's you know young Todd, <laughs> this just beaming face. Just I mean, yes, it was about my act and my suit, but but you were just ill. Electrified Loved it. by the whole experience. So this has to do with when he asked when okay. you moved, and then we'll. So uh, we heard that you were moving to L.A. So me and my friends decided that we should go see you more. Oh no, no, <laughs> not me and my friends. Me. I go. Okay, he's leaving. I heard last week I was there. He's leaving. So I said we should start going down there more. My friend Jim Madden goes, Todd, you go every weekend. 
what could you do more? Like, how could you go more? So then I would stay for the late show and just sit there and love it and just couldn't get enough of it. So it was about what year when you... I moved to L.A. in 1981. So I was living in New York for a while and try and studying acting mm-hmm. and try doing plays and things like that. Then I came back to Philadelphia for a while. Then Todd started to see me, started to work in Philadelphia, all over, and New Jersey, and all these gigs. And go, mm-hmm. and go up to New York and do, do a set of catch mm-hmm. or something like that. But then... Um, it was uh, it was just for for acting and for com- for for just gigs. I was the first guy I think to say I think I'm moving to L. A. And, and you were right. I, I, and I was, and w- w- which camp did you go into? Improv, comedy store. Well, uh, Rich Hall was a friend of mine because Rich Rich performed at the Comedy Works in Philadelphia mm-hmm. a lot. You know, do you know Rich? Or you know, I don't know Rich. who he is. Yeah, yeah you know who Rich know, is. I don't know. Him so Rich was a friend of mine. I mean, we, we you know we got to be friends off of uh, him his performing at the Comedy Works a lot. And he said, um, "Listen, here's how it's going to work. I mean, you come to L.A. and you do that open mic, you do the audition night at the Improv and the Comedy Store, and you do it a bunch of times, and one." One of them just takes a shine to you. You know, one of them, you're just unlucky. One of them, you're lucky. You just end up working there. That's just how it goes for everybody. So every, all of my friends were improv guys. I knew, I knew everybody at the improv. I knew no one at the comedy store. I get out of the car, went to the improv. You know, went to the improv first, went to the improv first, figuring, mm. yeah, I'll be an improv regular and I know the guys and everything will work out. Uh, so I went to the improv, kind of the open mic, take the number and, out and of who's the, in the scene? Thing. Who's, who's in the improv scene at this time? Like this is 1981. Who's who are the guys who are like playing the improv? Well, regular? Jay Leno. Uh, you know, wow. Jay, Jay Leno and the guys who were from New York, but it, but everyone was moving from New York at the same time as I was moving from Philadelphia. So the same, you know, Paul Reiser, Bill Maher, Richard Lewis, Larry Miller, oh, all those cool. guys, Rick Overton, okay. all those guys. Flip Schultz. <laughs> Rick, <laughs> Flip Schultz. Yeah, Rick Overton and I lived in the same uh, apartment building in New York, so Rick came out there. Um, anyway, so I went to the improv. And I kept drawing the numbers, how you try to get mm-hmm. on stage, and I just didn't get on stage. And I thought, and me being absolutely the, you know, uh, I was ready to take on the world, man. Just watch this. Let me on the stage because mm-hmm. I'm taking over show business, Mork, or whoever's in my way. Um, <laughs> so I get to, uh, so I just didn't get on stage. So you go to the comedy so, store. Yeah. So, yeah, but that night everyone was crushed. I just still remember at the improv, it's two in the morning, you know, 40 people are clearly not going to get on stage. And one guy walks across the darkened improv restaurant to the piano and starts playing. There's no business like show business. And I mean, it was out of a movie. I was in LA for like three days. You know, and I'm sitting there going, okay, well, and the guy, there's no business like, that's probably for me. <laughs> um, but uh, little know. by little, it was out of a movie, little by little, one person after another person after another person starts, everything about it is appealing. It's 2.15. Everything, the traffic will allow. So I start singing with people, when you are stealing that extra, bu-. and I feel like, I love this place, man. <laughs> yes, I came to the right place. So uh, the Comedy Store audition night was the next night. Mm-hmm. I got on stage and very, un- it was unheard of at that time. You had to come back like week after week to mm-hmm. try to get people to know who you were. Uh, just luck or bad luck, whichever one you want to call it. But Mitzi was just in her booth. I went on stage. She said, you're a regular. And you, became, an and you really regular. became a regular. You are st- not even unpaid like the before guy. You are st- 
absolute regular. Boom, call in tomorrow for you're spots. You're a star. She she right away recognized you should be a, you're a she star. She just went, boom, call in for spots. You're in. And then who's playing the comedy store now? This is uh, well, Yakov Smirnoff. Yakov Smirnoff. Andrew, David Letterman. Andrew Clay. David Letterman had David Letterman had gone to New York already. Oh, okay. He wasn't yet doing his daytime talk show. Okay. You know, he had a daytime show yeah. before he did the nighttime show. So, but David, uh, he was like the dice. He was, was the host and MC at the Comedy Store for years. Letterman. Wow. Uh, the, Andrew was not dice then. He was Andrew Clay. By the way, when I went to the Comedy Store, because um, I was wanted to be, because you were a regular there, and same thing. I mean, I th- I was ready, and I went in there, and I was like, I was like, you know, had my hair parted down the side. It was good. I put a little extra gel in there, mm-hmm. and uh, I and they, afterwards, not a regular. And I think I found out the next day, and I was oh, because it's not as much like that today, where one place takes you or the other. It seemed back then it was like. You know, if if the store doesn't like you or the improv doesn't like you, what do you do? Pack up and go back home? At least maybe that's how it seemed to me, but I could have been wrong. But um well, and I those called you the two places. And those I called were... you and I was crushed. I was like, Wait, so I was like crying. Missy said no. Yeah. And and and, and then Bud said yes. But the but, fact is, you know, she could have been on the phone. That's the thing. You had to come back for months because guys, maybe someone was nice enough to tell you, you know, she was in her booth, but she took a phone call while you were on and uh, you know, and it didn't work out. Because she didn't, she yeah. wasn't paying attention. Yeah. You, you were, you were, knew. you were right on the money. Like you told me, because you had only, you've been out here a little longer. Well, I don't know how many years, maybe three. And you were like, Todd, just, just take it easy. You'll go down to the improv. It's like you, you knew the ending. You went, you, Bud could make you. It's not, please, Todd. You really, I felt better after I hung up the phone, and I was probably crying. And then, um, and then I went to the improv two nights later, and Bud goes, um. Uh, Todd, call me Monday. I'll give you right, spots. Right. I'm like, he won't remember. And then on the way, he goes, uh, remind me you're from Philadelphia. So I jogs my memory who you are. And I went outside and I turned the corner of the improv. This is like right after you showcased. Right after I showcased. Uh-huh. I went on, I turned the corner and I was like, God, fucking yes. I couldn't believe it. Like that you were right. Like I, I'm ready to pack it up and go home because, you know, I thought, well, the improv's not going to like me, but, but I wanted to be, it took me a long time because I wanted to be, where you were at, you know, like yeah. you were at the store. That's where I wanted to go, but I, everything was ended oh, up sure. good. And I went to the, and that night at the improv, I remember because Rich Hall was there, and I'm trying to meet Bud. And Rich says, "You know, come here, I'll introduce you to Bud." And absolutely true. So Rich goes, Hi, "Bud, this is a friend of mine from Philadelphia." Tom was, and Bud goes, "Get out of my way." Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, Okay, that was it. That was it. Boom. Get out of my way. Bang. He just walks by. And, you know, and you're left with your buddy, Rich, and he kind of shrugs his shoulder. Like, well, okay, didn't work out. Wow. Rich Hall, by the way, uh, it was was a uh, influenced me in the sense that I like music and I like doing uh, stuff like that. And he, to me... Um, taught me that you can do inventive it was silliness but it was an inventive silliness like he i loved the, oh, the, the music and it was great and it was like here's a guy and 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 all the comedians respected him and you know and uh it was it was uh it was really i used to really get a kick out of all the stuff he would do like he had you know that and he took it to saturday night live mm-hmm. making those short films that he made which were very very creative yeah he was he was the I was a, I'm a, still a huge Rich Hall fan, and do you talk to Rich anymore? Or do you know? I don't. Rich is in Europe most right. of the time, and he had like a one man show that he, he was doing, which this, was really popular. Mm-hmm, if I remember, very popular, right. and he does that Edinburgh Fringe Festival mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. He was a so, nice guy, also. Oh, Rich is a great guy, really Rich nice great guy. guy. Has I think he's still he's got a place in Montana, out in the you know out in uh, Livingston, Montana, I think, but li- is most of the time in Europe. 
So, um, uh, hey, I wanted to, uh, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, I, I wanted to know, we don't have to go there yet, but, uh, if you would do some of your, uh, your, your, I hope I say so, it right. Haiku, um, uh, you know what? Let's take a break. Let's take, Why do a, we take a break. We do take breaks. Cause Can it we gives commercials for car. I know. No, no, not that. Oh, okay. We'll take a break. You know, we should play some, uh, Charlie pride because Chris Hardwick, he wants me to play more music. So, I mean, really? I don't know what to, yes. He's like, you got to play more music. Yeah. He's, it's, he's, I'll talk about it off the air, but he's really I'll, coming down hard. Really? Yeah, he's I'm not saying something. Well, between me and you are the mics off. Her name this, was Lola. The whole podcast thing is supposedly you don't got the corporate people. What? Yeah, you know, you do a podcast, you can just do whatever you want. Of course. That's well, what no. well, it's That's not, not like that. Man, we'll be back here with Charlie Pride. Ever I chance to meet some old friends on the street. They wonder how does a man get to be this way. I've always got a smiling face. For any time and any place. We're back. It's good to good We're to see you now. again. Todd. Are we back? Shh. Nobody's yelling. Forty-seven, fifteen. We're back. <sighs> All right. Um. So, I love I love hearing s- stories about you know I, I know that you've you uh, I I don't know any stories to do with the comedy store or you know anything. I look. Well, I'll I ha- let you I go. Ha- I have a question. So fast forward now, and I'm not going to dwell on this uh, uh, a lot. This but makes me nervous. You dwell on just, whatever you like, Daniel. But just like, do you remember what the audition process, like how it came up, the project, the the uh, Back to the Future, how it came up, how the first audition, and how it all unfolded, and like the day you how you found out you got it, because you could, that was the the biggest thing you've done up to that. I remember point. it very well. Okay, is that okay? Do you mind talking about that? I'm talking about my memory of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not spilling it out for you. Uh. I just you know, I remember. It. <laughs> what? What? I mean, what about it? Would you? What about it? Well, just like like the the audition, right? You you go in there yeah. and do uh, you 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 get the whole script? Did you know what the what the thing was going to be? No. No, I think these are good. Just like one word questions. Yes, that's can, it. Then we move on. Questions, <laughs> and then I just answer them. I answer them truthfully, but then we move on. Something okay. funny about like. Uh, okay, uh, okay. Uh, how about this? I'll, I'll narrow it down. Do you remember the day you found out you got it? Uh, yes, I do. And then they call. They, who calls you? Yes, I do. My agent called me. <laughs> do you remember where you were? I was. Uh, I think I was in the the living room of my apartment. Let's say. All right, I'm done. Who was your roommate? <laughs> Uh, Who did what you live day was with it? At the comedy what, what, store. What time was it? Uh, no, what were you wearing? Yeah, it was a, it was a long and extensive uh, audition process. Long. Uh, I went in and uh, I, I my agent at the time got me the audition for this big movie. Before then, I had done yeah uh, uh, TV commercials. You know, I was the biscuit guy in Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. You're laughing, Daniel. Why is that? Biscuits are funny to you? No, yes. Yes, first of all, yes. No, I was. Uh, I introduced biscuits at Kentucky Fried Chicken in the national commercial. You did? Yeah. You, you were the, yeah, was I the was a construction time? worker. I'm oh, at a construction time. site. I'm having chicken. I'm having a, having a refreshing drink. Something's missing. <laughs> Katie, what is that? Fresh buttermilk biscuits made from scratch. Boink. It was a biscuit that I didn't have that at the end of the commercial I had. And then... And I remember, so I remember uh, everything. I would tell my, we all got to high school. Remember Beach Tree? Isn't that an ad you did for some a gum, like a gum or no, something? No, it was Beach Tree. Oh, Beatrice. It was like, Beatrice. Beatrice. Beatrice was, it was Swiss Miss hot chocolate for the 1984 Olympics. Yeah, yeah. that was. Uh, I didn't know. You know, I got this. I got a hot chocolate commercial. Was that in L.A.? What the 84 Olympics? 
that was in LA. In fact, yeah, I went to the uh, I went to the end of the marathon run, um, <clears throat> but. Uh, but the Beatrice, it was hot, Swiss Miss Hot Chocolate. So I thought, oh, I got a hot chocolate commercial. And then another actor goes, dude, this class I use. What does that mean? He goes, no, no, it's not Swiss Miss. It's Beatrice, the food company. They're going to play this during the, you know, during the Olympics, man. That's class A. He goes, uh, he goes, class A, national commercial, ching, ching. <laughs> so, class a national commercial ching ching yes that's what i said ching ching baby so uh yeah you sometimes you would luck out on a thing like that but but a lot of commercials you would shoot and you you know you would get the shoot fee screen actors guild or whatever and you, you got to join the union but it it aired very little i got into the actors union playing pete merringer the gold medalist in wrestling in the 1932 olympics because I just looked like, sort of like the guy, you know. So they were looking like a guy who could kind of wrestle or look like I could wrestle. What, what was this, a movie? or It was for the U.S. Olympic Committee. It was kind of fundraising for the Olympic Committee. And the Olympics are coming to Los Angeles. And we remember 1932, Pete Merringer, almost pinned to the ground by the whatever. And, you know, and he wins. So and It was like an industrial it was uh, it was actually it was a public service, a PSA. That's cool. They, Which you know what that means, Daniel? What? No ching ching. <laughs> no ching ching. Public service. That means you know you get a you shoot fee. You, yeah, you get to really feel good. You don't get yeah. No Every commercial I got that that's what I heard the same thing. It was like, oh, you got to go out for commercials. You go to a big national spot, and maybe it was different back then. But whenever I got one, I was like, oh, you got to add for Chevy. I'd be like, oh fuck, this is it. You know, back then, I don't know, it could have been maybe 10000 That would have been changed. That would have made my sure, life easier. Sure. Um, would have made my life easier today. What am, right, am I course. fooling? Uh, ten, now 10000 But uh, it was always like, well, it's not a national ad. I go, oh, who's it for? It's for, you know, McCarthy Chevrolet. It's going to run. That way pe- people, you know, they put right. you on hold at their dealership. Of and you're, I'm like, oh, how much does that pay? Well, $800. I'll do it. Yeah, I was, well, sure, yeah. but people don't know that mo- most act. That's how most actors make a living, is just doing you know commercials or guest star on a on a sitcom or whatever or or a, a part in a play or whatever, and you you cobble together all of these uh, all of these parts, and you make what what can be a reasonable middle class existence, and a couple of them are surprises, but you know you better save your money. Because, you know, you could go the next, great, you made $10,000 for a national commercial. Way to go, buddy. Here's five months of unemployment, you know, because, because you're <laughs> right. just going to have a dry spell. And for the next five months, you're going to spend the gas and the time and all the effort to go to audition after audition after audition and just keep striking out, buddy. It killed me, by right. the way. And guys was- leave. That's what, that's what, that's why people, you know, pack the car and go home again because they're going, oh, I thought, you you know, you did Kentucky Fried Chicken, and then you make money, and then you know, easy street. Um, no, it's mostly you know working hard, just like being a carpenter or anything. Did you when you? Some people are not affected by the auditions as much as other people. Um, when I would get in the car after some of these commercial auditions, more the commercial auditions than the acting auditions. The acting auditions I didn't do good because, in all fairness, I wasn't prepared ever. So I never really blamed. Most people were pretty nice when I got into a room. In all fairness, I never have any great, you know, you know, great memories of or bad memories of people being horrible. But I was so unprepared. I didn't know my lines. I would just sweat. But for commercial auditions, Tom, I would get in the car 
and and just be drenched my shirt in sweat and go, I, I can't do this. It would just make me – was it like that for you at all? Absolutely. Or? It's horrible. The first commercial in L.A. I ever went out for of anything. You know, I'm fresh in town, and I was performing at the comedy store a lot, and an agent comes up, and the agent was a friend of the talent coordinator at the comedy store. So he used to come to just watch the shows mm-hmm. and hang out. And I was, I, I was a big guy that looked kind of young, energetic, all-American. He's a you know, you should go out for commercials. And at that point, well, yeah, I, I, you know, send me out for them. So I got an agent by just saying, listen, you don't even have to be my agent. All right. Just send me out on like three of them and just see, just see. And that's how I got a theatrical agent too. I just went like, look, don't, I'm not asking you to be my agent. I'm asking you, I've heard about a couple of things that are out there. Just send me out for just those and see what happens. So I went out for the commercial uh, that the guy sent me out for, but the, the the first commercial I went out for was for the Volkswagen Rabbit. Remember that car? Mm-hmm. This little boxy car. And so I'm going to own commercials, and then I'm going to get a TV show and be the king of a, of a sitcom, and then a movie star, and I'm going to... So yeah, you go to the commercial audition, and you read the copy, and oh, it's a wedding, and you're the groom, and you're marrying a Volkswagen Rabbit. <laughs> and the car is rolling down the aisle next to you and you're holding the handle of the door of the car and all it is no lines no nothing they've got a video camera uh, and just okay walk towards us but keep looking at the car like you love it <laughs> so you're just walking forward slowly and just keep shooting the looks to the car that you love and that's it and I thought, I'm getting out of here, man. If you think that I'm selling out to marry a car on national TV, Wilson is, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, let me, you know, <laughs> you know, and you go in and you just go, well, it would be money. It would be more money than I have now. So sure, I'll try to pretend to marry a Volkswagen rabbit. Yeah, that, that, I love that 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 example because I always try to explain to my brother what they're like. And like, there's a perfect example of like, and it doesn't sound that bad if you tell somebody. Because once I told my brother, I was like, he goes, well, why do you hate him so much? I go, and the la- the one, the last commercial audition I ever went on was for a uh, for Ramada versus the ho- Holiday Inn. And they go, you're going to be jumping up and down on this bed. And then you go here at the Ramada Inn. Of course, I'm remembering, you know, enough to not exactly. Our beds are comfortable. But at the Holiday Inn, our beds are really comfortable. And then you have to bounce back and forth. One, you're bouncing higher. The other one, you're not bouncing as high. So my brother didn't understand. I go, do it, and I'll give you direction. So, you know, my brother goes, you know, uh, he, he's like, I go, okay, uh, you know, you're bouncing them down. My brother went, here at the Ramada Inn, our beds are pretty comfortable. But at the Holiday Inn, they're really comfortable. I go, hey, that's good. You're not as much, uh, you're not ecstatic. You're more excited. And that's when the sweat would fucking pour out of my pores. Exactly. And that's what I think people don't understand. Even in a commercial is if you get the spot and you do that and you're bouncing on the bed and you're bouncing on the other bed and the guy comes up and just says, we needed about a second and a half faster. (laughs) a second and a half? What do you mean? What do you mean a second? Yeah, about just a little bit. And you kind of you have to do it, you know? Well, commercial like I I auditioned for a commercial for a bunch of uh guys in a car battery. Like it was six guys together 
acting like a car battery. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like they would be in the car battery with some car battery-like outfit on or something. And we're at this audition. So none of us, you know, so we're all looking at each other like, how, what? it's not even the piston of a car like going up and down. It's a car bat. Like what does a battery do? So finally, all the guys get together. The casting director comes out and the guy's like, hey, can, we, can we talk to you a second? Well, oh. what, I mean, what do you mean by like acting like a car battery? And the lady goes, I swear, she goes, just put it in your creative hopper and see what artistry comes out. <laughs> 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 she walks back in the room. Oh my god. So yeah, so you're in some small office somewhere in Hollywood with no clue and you're going, you know, waving your arms. I'm electrical. I hope I can start the car with my energy. Uh, but that's but that's 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 what you end up doing. You know the worst moment for me because then I knew they'd be in a bad mood. Now, now for acting auditions, my memory was usually people were pretty nice. Like when I got in the room, they knew you were uncomfortable. But commercial auditions was about 50-50. 50% they were like, oh, you know, this sucks. And they were awesome. And they made you relax. And the other 50, you got a temperamental little, you know, person on your hands. And this was the worst when this would happen. When you're waiting to go in and then you hear this. Because you know things haven't been going right if you hear this. Um, who's here for the, uh, uh, a paper towel ad? Okay, can you guys come over here, please? Okay, when you go in, you're not crawling on the floor. You're a worm in that you're a worm. You're a, you're a, you're not an honest person. <laughs> okay, so there we go, all right? So, and I'd be like, oh my God, and then I would leave. I would leave. Right. And one time I left, I didn't tell the story. I left a commercial audition because I, I couldn't go in. And I was with a friend from out of town. And he goes, and we got in the car. He goes, Todd, it's, you know how you're, the, the easiest thing to do right now is just leave. And I went, you're right. He, he thought it was working like psychology. Oh. Like, you're doing the easy thing. Like, I'd go, I don't want to do, I don't want that type of life. They, <laughs> yeah. I go, you're right. And I went, pulled out. Because, oh, I would just, you know, it would just, I, I, uh, I, I, uh, 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 there's, there's the corner. And by the way, some of this, it's my own. I don't, I don't like to have negative energy like this, but, but, but I'm, ha- I'm 100% kidding, but uh, 1% serious. If that's out of a scale from 101, there's that audition place we're over in. Um, it's when you get off at Bundy and there's a, you know, a Olympic, building. Bundy and Olympic. Right? Bundy and Olympic. If I had a lot of money, I would now I would I some people would say blow you mean it up. Lantana. I think that's what it was. It's like next uh, to Office Depot. I'm chipping right? in. What, to blow it up? Well, I'm I was going to say, blow it up. I'm I don't, chipping in. Well, tell me or if burn it you down. can talk me back into blowing it up. <laughs> okay. But hold on. Here's, here's, here's what I wanted to do. Buy it. That's the places where they had benches. Just rows and rows of benches. Not even chairs. And you know, I get it. I get it. I, I want it. If I had, like what I always say, I always go, Jim Carrey money. Buy it. Blow it up. Or if, if uh, maybe not, maybe if I'm in a more spiritual mood, you just clear it out, buy it, let everyone get all their stuff out of it safely. I have police barricade around the room, and then I wasn't saying blowing it up with people in it, Todd. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm not a murderer. I'm not a murderer, Todd. I would have the building cleared. Oh, okay. I would even have people. I would give people the opportunity to drive their cars away for the next ten minutes. Get your car away from here. And then okay? we're gonna... It's coming down. When I think this blow up. is coming down, yes. I would alert security. Yes, I would whatever. I and would then get p- the... put a park for kids. Like, uh, do something positive there. Or maybe just dig a hole and just keep yes. it roped off forever. No, I would eventually build a park for kids. But for a few right. weeks, I would stand on the rubble just going, Aah! 
I have blown it up without hurting human beings. Okay, you're not really angry. That guy shows up. Yeah. Hold on, you're not. I'm not acting. I'm having a nervous breakdown. Okay, you're not blowing up. You're like, you're really successful. That's how you're blowing up. That's not... But, um, but yes, going back to commercial editions, they're very difficult, but some people do them well. I didn't do them that well. I have, uh, I don't think I have many more, but I used to, you know, as the really conscientious actor, I'm going to write down every audition that I do and where it is, and then I'm going to have this record of it. So I'll know kind of my percentages and how I'm doing. Am I booking them? Am I not booking them? You know, like after seven pages of just auditions that went nowhere, like, I'm I'm not going to do that anymore. (laughs) But it takes, uh, it takes a lot of confidence to keep it doing it and to just think look i'm smarter than the commercial people and if they don't pick me they're making a mistake and to think that after the 170th time they say no to just go i really think you're making a, a worse product by not having me in it uh. Not, not. And by the way, I always say this. I'm not thinking. I'm, and I'm, I'm. You're probably with me on this. I'm not thinking. I'm above commercials. If you could, I have friends that go on. It doesn't make them sweat like me. Then yeah, if you could do that. Well, too, commercials it, are over. Commercials are over. Yeah, and what do you it's mean? over. I mean, you can't. They don't. They don't play them as frequently or on regular television. You people. I mean, you know, commercials from the time when you could have a national network commercial on a Sunday night in prime time. That was a completely mm-hmm. different kind of pay grade from a commercial now, which is you know you'll see people on commercials, and if they're playing, they're playing on. Lifetime and on ESPN and on up and down the cable thing, and you go, boy, that guy's working a lot. He's doing great. And you talk to the guy. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, I just got a check for fourteen cents or something. <laughs> so, so it's uh, it's far less. Yeah, it's so saturated now, now yeah. than than it than it once was. I remember one thing you said to me, which was something I've always remembered ever since you said it to me. We were in. Jeez, I, I hope, it was oh, I hope this is good. I remember, we were in Denver. Remember this? And you said we were just talking about how to get into a, a right kind of state of mind for this business. And, and you said that a lot of people, you've seen a lot of people, and a lot of people still do this, they wait for the stage to fix their life. More like if, you know, if, if it's not going well, you think, well, the success, I'll just keep working, and the success from my business will fix all that other problems. Remember that conversation? Of course, of course. And it made so much sense to me even like then. It just really opened my eyes. And I've thought about it ever since. It's, it's, it, in fact, until you work on all that other stuff, that might not even ever happen. Absolutely. Yeah. The stage is no kind of medicine. You know, there's no medicine right. that that seeps into you by being on stage. The stage is a magnificent way to share your creativity and your energy and your excitement about performing for people and many, many wonderful things that the stage offers. But if you think that it's offering you healing, you are going to be very damaged and you're going to be very upset. And in the evidence of, me- I mean, way, way too many people that I know you are going to die. Yes. You are going to be dead. Okay. Not to go there on a big comedy podcast. No, no. But the fact hey, we is, talk, you know, you know, I mean, you know as well, Todd. Look, I, I, you know, I kind of, uh, darkly joke. I'm a stand up comic. I know a lot of dead guys. 
Right. You know, many of whom were were staring at the stage going, why, why aren't you fixing me? I thought this, look, I've got the microphone in my hand and people are laughing. I, this should be helping fix me, right? And the stage just remained silent and go, it's just a wooden platform with lights on it, man. Right. Right, right. Everything else is imaginary. Right. Where you yeah. attached the whole to it. thing, you just invested in it. It just isn't. And the more you expect it to be that thing, the more unhappy and disappointed you're going to be. And the more you're going to fill whatever hole you have. And I'm sorry that there's a hole. And there's a hole in a lot of people. You know, and, and, you know, and, and whatever you use to fill it, the stage isn't one of those things. Because look at it. And a lot of those dead guys were millionaires. Where if you talk to them the day before they killed themselves, you would go like, but everything's working out for you. I mean, everything, everything. Yeah. And they just, they won't, they don't feel that. Unless your, unless your problems, someone said this, but unless your problems are financially, like, you know, you got a good head on your shoulders and you, you got your life organized and then financially it's stressing you out. Then sometimes the money can fix it if it was just financial. Then that's all that can fix. But yes. it can't fix emotional yeah. problems, obviously. Right, right. Yeah, but if, you if know, you're guys, a well-centered human being, and right. you come from a good fo- home, and oh, you just need a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's not what we're talking. Oh about. no, of course, I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I know but, that's not yeah. what you're but saying. But you also know the rich guys, and they're not done either. No, because there wasn't. There wasn't right. the money. Because the hunger. The money wasn't the problem. Money wasn't right. The, the hunger that led them to the place where they're now making an incredible amount of money is a hunger that keeps driving them forward. Mm-hmm. And the money is an offshoot of the work that they do. You know, yeah. mo- most of them are about about doing the work. And most of them, I think, most of them that I talk to are kind of surprised that, you know, that this money comes in and you go, I don't know how it happened. I just kept working, you know. And, and I never, oh, here I go. I hope I say this right. I never, I told, without mentioning names, some comedians that I know, um, I never doubt anybody's emotional state if they're re- very depressed and what it's, you know, and what where, where the state that they're in. But I, I've told a friend this once. I go, well, do you think, and you don't even have to answer me because it, it might be uncomfortable for you to say yes to this. But do you think any of being dark and having your problems, there's an artsy coolness to it? Because if you do, then you're never going to fix it. But deep down, is there like, I know some people, they sort of like being, they don't, because if you don't like, if you truly think, you go, no, 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 I do not want to be like this. Well, then maybe you could fix it. But do you know people that sort of like being in that state? At, at this point on a live microphone, it, we get to a point where, where we may begin sounding uncharitable toward people, where we may begin sounding judgmental. But the fact is, I've been doing comedy for 32 years, and I've, I'm also a musician. So I know a lot of musicians and jazz musicians. I know painters. I know comedians. And yes, a part, uh, a part of the brokenness within them is, and a brokenness within me is is that longing which brings us in front of people to share what we have to make to make something and create it and show people but a lot of people hey sometimes myself included okay a lot of people uh revel in the dark tornado of their self you know of themselves of their thoughts and their their longings and their their hunger for whatever for that success or that approval or or that kind of thing so and i think it's look i i think it's probably a part of uh, carpenters orthodontists and you know and uh and and doctors and and everyone to to uh 
to to try to fight that within all of us. You know that thing. Well, that guy has that. What I didn't didn't anybody see my sets at the comedy store in 1985? I was blowing the. I should well, you know, what 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 person isn't a human being? You know, that's being a human being. But man, you got to wrestle that guy. You got to wrestle that guy, or he's going to kill yes. you. He's going to kill you. And then you just end up going, just that guy. Ah. Do you I get- did that bit in the, uh, at the Ice House in 1983. You think that's original, kid? What a- uh, and you know, my do gosh. You, do you, you find know? yourself, do you, do you find that guy talking once in a while and you have to be aware of it? I'm, pr- I, I, I'm pretty good, pretty good at fighting that guy. And sometimes, look, sometimes, you know, I'm like the beast in Beauty and the Beast. You know, sometimes I got to lock myself in a room yeah. virtually and just say, look, I'm, gonna, I'm just playing the guitar a little bit and I'm just writing because you're just like, like anybody. You're just not feeling good. You're just not positive that day, you know. And sometimes, look, sometimes you're in some city somewhere and, uh, you know, I call my wife every night, you know, but if whatever you're just not feeling good and you have a headache and you had two shows and the second show was really problematic and you're just utterly exhausted and you did four radio stations and i that night sometimes i don't call home mm-hmm. you know because i don't i just don't want to subject my beautiful wife to that guy <laughs> you know why yeah. so i'm at a hotel somewhere and my sensible self is going dude go to sleep you know, stop. It's happened a million times. You'll wake up and have breakfast and everything will be fine. Stop. Why do you do this to yourself? And, you know, and I just cut myself a break being a human being. I just go, look, well, I think everybody does that sort of thing. Why subject your friends and people you love to that guy? Just kind of. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I know some people. Ooh, always, my family doesn't listen to this, uh, but <laughs> should just sometimes you don't have to just have the domino effect. Sometimes just stop if you you know you don't have to just for, forward this on to everybody. You know you can just stop, get a good night's sleep. You don't gotta you know make it you know what you're saying. <laughs> this has nothing to. It'll sound like I'm talking about the movie and I'm not. But a while ago, a friend of mine. This is several years ago now, but it was very. It was really good. A, a good friend of mine and. Um, and we were having one of those honest conversations where I was not feeling good at all about how things were going or what, how I was being perceived by people, by casting people or by, by producers and everything. And, uh, and my friend said, you know, uh, I, I, if there's one thing I know about you, because I got bullied a lot when I was a kid, you know, and now I'm a big guy. So he said, if there's one thing I know about you, you really don't like bullies, you know? And you fought back at them your whole life. Why don't you come to your own defense? You know? Why don't you fight them for you? You know, you would defend anybody. Why don't you defend yourself? And I was like, wow. It's true. It's true. Because that, yeah, that, that's, because that's... that guy is going to show up late at night in almost everybody's life. But we don't have to listen to him. Yeah. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. 
Yeah, I believe, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, and I'm always wanting to learn. That's why when I say to somebody, like, I've said this before, but, like, hey, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm so positive or I'm being phony, and, and I, you don't either. You're coming off as, yeah, of course I'm a real person, and I get – but, yeah, I just remind myself when I get jealous. Of course I get jealous, but I just go, okay, you can do two things with this. You can turn, make a right and turn it into bitterness, or you can make a left and turn it into motivation. I Ta- have those Todd, moments. you, Daniel, myself, everybody. The fa- if we just come out of ourselves and just think, if you told yourself when you were that kid sitting in that comedy club, what would have happened to you within the comedy world, you would still be doing cartwheels. You would be doing cartwheels. You know, it's unbelievable that we get to do this. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. unbelievable that I can't, I absolutely can't believe that, you know, later in high school when you're thinking, I'm a weird kid, man, and I'm not going to be able to work in an office or a cubicle or whatever. I can't. I, every job I had when I was 17, I was whatever. As a busboy, I couldn't listen to the chef goes, get that butter out there. Oh, I live to get your butter out to the tables, dude. Because let me, no, let me run. You know, I was just that kid. So you think, but I mean, that's kind of a good thing. But in a way, you're also going, my life is really going to be messed up because I I just don't have the ability to to live like other people. So I can't believe that I sort of took this weird off ramp Mm -hmm. and it worked. You know, it's funny when you listen to like you talk, it's so funny. And I'm sure like a lot of comedians or musicians or anybody that's doing, you know, not a nine to five type thing. I go, oh, my God, you went through that, too, because I remember thinking I was aware enough. Now, I had bad dyslexia. Like you said, some of it had nothing to do with whether you were smart or whether you weren't. You're, you're some of you, you know, when you were you had was it asthma? Yeah, I was sick. Huh? And, that, and, you know, same with me. I know in hindsight, I know I wasn't stupid. I just have had dyslexia. I couldn't learn. But I remember thinking, what am I going to do? Because, and anything I liked, like I remember one time, you know, my, I walked a neighbor's dog and they paid me for a week and my mom was like, because they didn't know what I was going to do either. They're like, oh my God, you could have a dog walking business. I was like, all right, everybody relax. I'm not having a dog walking business. I know you're all trying to help me. And then I did landscaping a little bit and I liked that. And my parents were like, you know, and I thought, I, I really, here's how much I love doing landscaping. You know, like I love the concept of, you know, of the big boulders and the, and the backhoe coming in and rearranging someone's, but I didn't like the heat. So I figured out that I was going to buy a, a truck and have an air conditioning unit put in the back of it. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, I knew I couldn't run the air conditioning because you can't leave a car sitting. I would run like a window unit into the back of like a van that would plug into the home. And then I would have a side big glass window where I could look out at the site. And then mm. I would sit in the air conditioning. This is I was like 17. This is what I was thinking. Yeah. And then I, you know, maybe that's why my memory of you back then was just such a, for me to this day, going into that club and walking in and seeing, you know, I didn't, you know, just seeing the performers. And, and then they said, there's an open mic night. I remember it like it was yesterday. Like, Hey, if you think you're funny, uh, try your hand at comedy. And then I went and it was all just, Oh my God. Like, I think I can do this. Like I, this could be something I could get into, you know? So, well, the same thing with me. I didn't have, I had no, I was trying to figure out life and not doing a good job of it. And I was sick all the time. And I thought like, things are going to be bad, you know? And I didn't know what to do. And, uh, later in high school, not early, I wasn't, you know, like in, in 12th grade, senior in high school, I, um, the debate team, uh, teacher, the advisor of the debating team said, you know, you should audition for a play. And to me, that's a play. So I auditioned for the play and I just, I knocked all the other actors. I like, I got the lead in like every play. 
just like ding, 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 ding. Everyone, you know. I, and you know who was in his acting class? Robert Duvall and Robert De Niro. Exactly. Is that true? No. <laughs> it's just he was doing the David Brooks thing from oh. the debating team. No, no, nobody like that. But I, but to me, getting those reactions of people after shows, it was really like I was, you know, people asking for my autograph on their on their. You know, program and things like that. I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm a superstar. I'm going to be an actor or whatever. I was thinking kind of like, you mean I have some kind of talent at something? You know, that was really kind of it. Yeah. So, you know, so I just, um, so I just went to the arts. I just went to the arts. I just went to. How long, uh, how long have you been married? 26 years. The, all in a row, the same. Not, not, no, not three different ones. Nope. Hey, so here's all, here's what I'd like to do. Not, what? Take a deep breath and um, go into the uh, sunset, the end of the show. I'm going right. to ask you to pull your guitar out and okay. watch your mouth. <laughs> um, and uh, no, to to uh, to do some guitar stuff. Do you mind? <laughs> songs? Some what? Some some well, some. I don't want to make you do. Okay, first of all, the one that I've been asked to ask you to do you, that you that you uh, you did not do these on uh, on um, on Chris's show. I didn't the, do anything. Did the, I not? No, no, no the, I didn't do any any music. My manager says, "Oh, I can't believe for the especially for the Nerdist, some haiku poems." Is that uh, is that yeah, my? Yeah, well, yeah. It's it's just well, it kind of yeah. The surprise of it is actually when they're yeah. Okay, you know what? Hold on, hold on. Let's uh, we'll we'll make a quick edit. So um, we'll do some stuff. Hold on, let's take it. Take a break. Hold on. All right. So you're gonna pull your guitar out, I, uh, yes, and we'll uh, do yes. some. Uh, yes, Daniel. I've been married for uh, 26 years to the same woman. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's 87 normal people years because it's in LA. It's show business. <laughs> uh, my my wife is amazing and uh, fabulous, and uh, and I wrote this for her. Well, I wrote for you this song in haiku Cause I don't have that much time <laughs> And it's, yeah, it's, it's from the heart It's from the heart any, any Songs in haiku, easier to write, right to the point One, It's strange that a dog will eat a dead bird But will never eat a grape <laughs> Give me uh, 17 syllables, count them, buddy. You know, there's Danny someone. Bonaducci probably wouldn't make a good babysitter. <laughs> Give me one more. Uh, life rushes on faster and faster, but the fact is, you can't rush toast. What's <laughs> <laughs> Tom? Yeah. Uh, are you putting your guitar down? Oh, what am I supposed to do now? What Tom, I- come on. You gotta, if, look, if you don't remember this, you just can't hate me for asking. I was 16, just for the, for, for the Philadelphia fans alone, you did, see how much your memory is. I don't, I really, I okay. hope I do. Got a wife and kids and, just, just, do you remember that? The, uh. Got a wife and kids. The, uh, uh, oh, for the Philadelphia? <laughs> yeah, you I went. I don't even. Got a wife and kids in Bryn Mawr, Paul. We buy our alligator shirts at King of Prussia Mall. <laughs> uh, 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 um, man, that, I haven't played that, that in I don't know twenty five. A long, a long time, long time. I re- we just uh, we went to see you, and and you know we didn't even know what song parodies were. You know, like yeah. we didn't know that expression. And um, so this is the this is the last one I'm going to ask you to do. I know you probably haven't done this in years, but but it would make me so happy. Um, a, a run around Sue. Could you do, could you do that? It, it, yeah. 
Uh, are you do, are you gonna get in the car and go, Todd? Why? No, no, no. Well, I, I honestly, how what's the, how does it how does um, uh, this new like, story from? Listen, I know it. Okay, okay. Can uh, you and Tom? So, could I get? We have new reverb. Could I give you a little reverb? Would you mind? Go ahead, if you like. <laughs> I don't know. Go okay, ahead. here we go. Um, yeah, because t- Todd and I would be playing certainly back then in comedy, and I did it for quite a long time. I mean, I sang the song for for for, for years because man, it worked. It's a great close. You're doing, you know, you're doing a show at a bowling alley or something, and you just so hey, pick up the guitar and just use it. So, um, so it was a, it was a. Well, you what, you would do, you would go, you know, uh, Christ, our Lord, and then you oh, don't do worry. Song. Oh yeah, Jews. and then you would go. I've I, got something for you. That's right. And I would have everybody go. Oy, oy vey, oy vey, oy vey. Oy. Uh, uh, listen to a story from a goy who knows. You might see him in designer clothes. If they wear what they usually does, they wear red beanies called yarmulkes. They got long gray beards and they wear black hats. Don't mess with these hip cats, because if you do, then I'm telling you, 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 you mess around with an Orthodox Jew. And, oh, oh, babe, oh, babe, oh, babe. That's, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't remember it. You know what? That was... That was better than I thought. <laughs> well, because I know you haven't done that, even though you did it for a long In time. When's eons. the last time you've done that song? I could be well, ten years. Oh, I bet. oh, at least twenty years. Twenty years. Ah, uh, yeah. Every time you'd play it, me and my friends, we get excited. We'd start nudging each other. Same thing. We'd, we'd get excited every time. You do a Catholic song, you do a Jewish song, and everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. And the Protestants, I have no songs about mayonnaise, but I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that was great. Tom Wilson, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Entertaining, appreciate it. enlightening. Tom, would you do a, would, would could you put up on there? We're ready. That one is here. We've been doing you know that song Welcome to My World by Elvis? Welcome to my world. I don't. But you don't? I think no. you could I think you could do a good version. Give him a little reverb, and then we're gonna use it in our opening. <laughs> I don't even I don't know. Try it. We all give it a shot. Even everybody here's had to do it. I'm the worst. Yeah. I don't know. This you song. don't know it? Can you put it up there? Yeah. Can, can I hear it? Yes. You want me to do it for you first? Welcome to my world. Here we go. Just be a good sport. Welcome to my world. Won't you come on in? I like it. That's pretty good. America's high gear. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Keep that. Still happen on there. Oh, step into my heart. Leave your care behind. Welcome to my world. See, can you buy? 
I love it. Oh, I liked it. Thanks. Uh, All right. I'm learning how to do that one, too. All right, fade it out. Tom Wilson is was, uh, was Tom, our guest. Would you like to plug anything coming up? No. I would. Oh, go ahead. You are going to have a new podcast on Nerdist. I'm going to have Big Pop Fun, a podcast on the Nerdist Industries Network. Oh, yeah. that's fun. What's the podcast going to be about? It's going to be uh, It's going to be about... Uh, oh, that sounds great. <laughs> I, I just thought it would be funny for Kayo. Don't cut me off, Kino. You know, Kino? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to um, be <clears throat> big pop fun because most things, uh, most of the people that I know are actors, actresses, voiceover people, animation mm-hmm. people, directors, um, uh, uh, still photographers. And so most people are involved in popular culture. So mm-hmm. I'm big. It's pop. We're having fun, and it's it's me. It's it's talking to friends of mine and some monologue stuff. Just some me telling That's my great. own stories. And let me tell you something: if you listen to the show once, you will fall in love with Tom Wilson. And uh, so you know, there's like these podcasts. You're like, oh, I listen to that podcast. I listen to that. You may maybe five months in, you'll be like, oh, I haven't listened to the Tom Wilson podcast yet. I'm telling you, put it on your list, listen to it. And then you will, you will, you will it, be one of your favorite. Your podcasts. life will be better. It comes with my guarantee. On the Nerdist, what will, if you don't love the Big Pop Fun podcast oh, with Tom Wilson? What you have no taste in podcasts. <laughs> now, I now, like now it. let me ask you. It, it sounds like that's a lot of enter- entertainment right there. How much is it? Is it ten dollars an episode? Yeah. What does this cost? Tom? How much is what it going like to cost dollars to hear this? All this fun with Tom Wilson. How much? It's not ten dollars. No. It's not five. Oh, oh so no, it's five dollars. It's complimentary. Free. Shut oh, up. Free. Shut the front door. Just, I'm not okay for the make. I'm going to do it. I'll send you double. Double oh, the no. you no. Wait, 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 wait. Two wait, times. Wait, wait. We have wait, to wait. pay the delivery fee, right? I have uh, to pay the delivery fee. Delivery fee. If right? you act now. Half price no on the delivery fee. Right. Shut the front door. All, right. all right, everybody. Free. I don't know why you're still listening. I you can't do it all night. Right now. Download it now. Three times free. Okay, let's just cut to the bullshit right here. What, what, where do they get you? Where do you get you? There's no way you download it. It's free. Oh, I figured it out. First week's free. What's it cost the second week? <laughs> All right. You know how they do it. They got us. No, 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 no. No, 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 All right. Tom Wilson. Hello, everybody. Um, thank you. Um, uh, Thanks. How um, do I do? <laughs> you did great. Good. You're great. You're a my ball things, of fun. Because my, my, my family, you're going, Dad, you're doing a podcast. What are you doing? And I do, I have no idea. I don't know. No, no, that's kind of how we run it here. You know yeah, what yeah. I'd like to do? Get you in a cage at my house, and then I'd let you out, and you do funny things for me. Would you do that? <laughs> of course I would do that, Todd. <laughs> Come on. Remember when we did that oh between 86 and 91? <laughs> when you guys that was just, so much that on the road. You just <laughs> slipped me a slab of beef <laughs> through the bars, <laughs> and I would go, Make it, Todd, look at me. Oh, I'm doing a funny dance for Todd. Oh, funny dance. I thought you were going to be offended it. as it was coming out of my mouth. I got I so nervous. No. Oh, it would be so much fun. You could do, like, songs. and Get and, Alex and, Murray on the phone. I see a Tour oh, coming up. Absolutely. All right. Well, I don't want it to free. end. I'm, I, 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 uh, but is it, we got everything. We, we talked. Every, we didn't even scratch the surface. Well, we didn't. No, I'm, I'm a guest host. Kino, you're out. Go. All right. Down the steps. I'll see man. you guys later. I remember I used to pick you up and take you to the, the, the one nighters when you came back and you would do it. And I found out what you were making. Oh, again, when I saw checks, you did what's, it. What's I, I was making nothing. Todd. It, let me tell you something. It was at the tap room. And you had already moved out to California. Now you were coming back, and it, was a, it wasn't a comedy club. It was just a one-nighter. They had comedy that night, the Tuesday night. The tap room, where was that? 
It was in Ambler, Pennsylvania. Ambler. It used to be called something, and then it changed into the cabarets. But you were at the tap room, and uh, I happened to know, and I'm not even bullshitting, because <laughs> uh, they told me what you made for one night. Uh, what was it? You ready? Yeah. And I remember going, holy well, What year is this? What year is this? 82. 83, 80, 84, 84, maybe. 84, 84. And you are like, what, 25? Yeah, 24. $300. For one night, I made three fifty. I made twenty five dollars, and I was like, "Oh, because you know, Tom, I know that now that things come on. Maybe really, well, you, you, I saw three one hundred dollar bills and a fifty. Can you, can you draw me a picture? Like, what did like no, we, translate we, that we money? Start what, a, like translate that money in today? What, what did three hundred dollars buy you in nineteen eighty five? In America or Russia? No, in America. Well, <laughs> without over look, time passes, Daniel. <laughs> Because are we talking uh, no, come on. In, uh, small obviously. child in a car, or do we mean some groceries? No, Tom, I, I can answer better for you, and then we, we, okay. uh, we do have to wrap it up. It was just like when you're making $25 a set. To me, what that represented, obviously, because it was back then, or even just be- – not even back then, beginning days of comedy. Yeah. Um, that was like – that that would – I don't know. I told her that, that money will get you – that's like – Pocket money for the month, but I but back then, see, I had come back because our our good friend Andy Scarpati wanted me to do. He was he running that then? Because no, that was I, somebody else. Was it somebody else? Yeah, because I wasn't. I was you know you you t- tired of back when I was a very young man and going around and and driving to some gig in New Jersey and then a college gig in Ambler, so wherever, and you do three gigs a night, and then at the end they give you a check for five dollars. You know, so I, I do remember that too. I remember doing a free show, and then I went next door, and Andy Scarpati bought me a bagel, and I talked about that. I went, "Yeah, he like took care of my bagel." Like, was, I, <laughs> was I mentally? Did I was deranged? Like, I, but I remember like took saying, care of my bagel. Yeah, that's a like because to me that was like, oh my comedy bought me a bagel. I'm doing all right. Anyway, I don't want everyone to start crying. All right. That's all right. On a sad note. All right, we're done. Bye, Tom. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Listen to the... What's the show called again? Big Pop Fun. Big Pop Fun. I'm going to make you a few jingles and send them over to I you. I think you should. All right. We'll be back. Uh, no, we're not, no, no, not going to be back. Be hurt, though, this right? is the show. This is it. This is it? Uh-huh. The show's over. Yeah. You had a, you had a yeah it was awesome you had a yes. great time yes we had a great time yeah. I'm used to doing a, a, we're doing another show but it's for another week people can know what we're doing oh yeah I don't hide anything from I the prepared about two a shows. few songs that I've been working on oh mm. pull if out. we can end with that yes sure. I Just love kidding. it <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like four songs okay. you know? <laughs> all right um Tom Wilson thank thanks, you everybody. Thanks, everybody bye thanks have a good week everybody. Now leaving Nerdist.com.